family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Hello, good morning. Um, I hope your week has been great and your family is good. Uh, it's just another time of family dynamics with Pastor Fumi, another episode. Um, in the past few weeks, we've been looking at uh, intimacy in marriage. We started with spiritual intimacy. We've been doing sexual intimacy as well. And last episode, we we're looking at guidelines for sex in marriage in relation to sexual intimacy in marriage. But before we go on, we'll pray. And I want to read a scripture so that we remind ourselves of what the Bible says about sex in marriage. Father, we thank you for this morning. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for another opportunity to learn at your feet. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We ask that you grant us understanding of what you're saying and help us as people to submit to your word in the name of Jesus. Because your plan for us is for good and not for evil. So we thank you because you ordained sex in marriage and you're going to help us to work it out so that it will be a blessing to us, not a curse, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 7, 2-5. We read it before when we started, but I want to read it again so that it can you can have understanding of what we're talking about and you can believe it. If you have not read that scripture before, that it is the plan of God that's, uh, that we should have a good sex life with our partner. So nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let every let each man, I'm reading from the New King James Version, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of, of your lack of self-control. So that's the scripture, and the Bible is clearly saying that the man owns the body of the woman and the wife owns the body of the husband, and that we are not to deprive one another except with consent. Okay, my husband, I want to start fasting for 21 days. And so he knows 
He agrees with it. And then we can lay, put sex aside. But apart from that, when we deny each other of sex, is is a sin against God. So we've seen from previous episodes that sex is ordained of God. It's a great gift from God. And it's a rich blessing to the framework of marriage. So that is that is how God wants it to be. And we've seen a lot of sexual issues in, in the world today. And when you look at one of the major, major causes of problems in marital relationship, sex is one of them. So that's why it's important for us as believers, as Christians, to look at what we're doing that is wrong. And then we may we, we are able to correct it. We started with guidelines for sex in marriage. We talked about set your own standard. It's not what the word is saying. It's your own standard. And it's not um, um, there are things you need to do. Take your time to adjust to each other and don't, don't have too much of expectation that we sh- you know, uh, help you, that will make you feel, oh, I, I, I think I've married wrong. So take your time. It will come and you'll begin to enjoy it. And have fun. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. If you don't know what to do, pray about it. Talk about it. Read books around it. And then you'll be able to have the necessary information that is required. And then you can you can have a, a satisfying and fun sex life. You know. So... And we started with developing the right, we concluded with developing the right attitude, if I'm not mistaken. So, and we know that there are so many contrary uh, attitudes to sex based on our background, what we've learned from before. Um, we need to honor sex in our marriage. A lot of time, because of sexual abuse or overexposure to sex in our, when we were young, all this could lead us to negative attitude. You've been abused before, so you seek sex, see, see sex as evil. So you see it as shameful, you see it as dirty jokes. And most of the time, the people of old feel that sex is only needful when you have, want to have children. So, but the Bible says it's honorable. So it's something that is not honorable, and we should be able to talk with each other as husband and wife. Okay, I'm not enjoying it. What can we do to make it better? So, and also sex should be kept private. It's not something you get to work and you're, maybe because your friends are discussing their sex life. Oh, my husband is this, my husband is that. You, you join them discussing it. It's not what you discuss as a general thing. It's a private business. Discuss it with your spouse, not to go to the public and say, oh, my husband doesn't know how to do it. I'm not enjoying it. There are people that are looking for your husband. So, and I've seen this destroying so many friendships because the woman will go behind you and take your husband. So you need to be careful. Another important thing we look at is you have to make sex an integral part of your marital relationship. Make it, do everything possible to put it in. Don't do, don't leave it to something that you do when, when we have the time. You have to plan it in. If you don't plan it in, as soon as you get to married, you're working, so many other things will take your time and distract you. And you may be tired every time you get back to, to the house. And also we talked about the fact that for a woman, don't, don't just talk to a woman 
and say all manners of evil against her and you want sex after that. The women, we are emotional being and you don't expect a good sex after you have abused your wife, no matter what she has done. And in the same, in the same way, a woman cannot expect to have good companionship and affection with the husband if you have denied him of sex. So it's against God to do it. It's important to our marital life and we have to do everything possible to integrate it into our marriage. So the next one we're going to be looking at is cultivate good sex. Work at sex. It's not something that just happened. You have to work at it. It's important that you cultivate and nurture it in your marriage. So we are, we are, no matter who we are, no matter how spiritual we get, we can learn about it. No, if you know that, okay, I'm a spiritual being, I love God, I want to serve God, it's also part of your, your service to God when you honor sex in your marriage. So be prepared to learn about it. And this is important when you make it, uh, to, if you are interested in making the most out of your sexual relationship with your partner. You can learn what's, what people will say, what, what is it to learn? A lot of men think they don't need to learn, but you need to learn. Learn from your spouse. What she enjoy. Listen to what they say. Good communication is so, so important, even in sexual relationship. Don't assume you know. Nobody knows. There are books that have been written that are good, good books that you can read. They will talk to you about different things that you need to know. And if for any reason, um, anything that will affect your psychological intimacy, communication and love in all its form is unlikely to help. So anything that we, that we affect you psychologically or, or affects your love life in whatever way is not likely to help you. So don't read don't believe everything you read. Look at the Bible. What is Bible saying about it? And do the needful. Number num, the other thing is make sex a priority. That's number two. Make sex a priority. You need to create time for it. If you have children, if you go to work, if you if you work, children, lack of time, tiredness, everything will affect your sexual life. So if you don't squeeze sex in. You, you won't be able to have it. So it's a, it's, it's a myth to say that good sex is always spontaneous. No, it's not. So if you do quick sex or spontaneous sex occasionally, but it's not what you do all the time. So make dates with each other. Go to bed early. You may have to postpone or reject commi commitment that will affect your time together. Sometimes as a woman, don't overwork yourself during the day. Do everything possible to keep your energy when you know that your husband is looking forward to having a good time of love making with you. So there are suggestions to improve sex life. Keep physically fit. Take good care of your body. Body odor is, is I mean, good uh, hygiene. Body hygiene is important because body odor can turn anybody off, especially for women. So everybody may have body odor, have a shower, use perfume. It's, there's so many things that you can use to keep your body odor under control. So don't think, oh, that is me. 
you have gone to, to work, you have sweat all day. Why don't you have a shower and just enjoy your, your time together? Understand the difference between the man and the woman. That's There are gender differences. We should not deceive ourselves. A man can separate sex from every other thing. They treat sex as a physical event. It's time for it. They do it and forget about it. But a woman's view of sex, they, they view sex as a physical expression of an intimate, tender, stable, and committed relationship. That's the way women feel, uh, view sex. So that's why what you say to either, each, each other, the, the, the way you relate with your wife, the touch, the compassion, the affection you show her will play a great role in, make, in giving you a good sex time with her. So you need to understand the fact that the men, they, they just see and they are ready. I say to my husband, ever ready by, by battery. But for a woman, we're like an iron. You switch it on, it takes a longer time to get ready. So you need to spend time, prepare to prepare, prepare her. If you are a man and you're not, you don't know what foreplay is, you need to go and read about it. You need to go and learn about it. And you can explore. Let your wife talk to you. Talk to each other. The, the people say for a woman, sex starts start from morning, from breakfast time. You are going to work. Say something nice to her. Oh, you look good. Oh, I see you when I come. Touch her, pat her back, and go. But don't don't just say rubbish to her. In fact, I, I don't even know where I met you. You are coming back to that woman for sex in the evening. It won't work. So be careful what you say to each other. The Bible says our world should be seasoned with salt. So you are a child of God. You are born again Christian. You need to let what proceed out of your mouth. Bless the other person. If you are angry, don't speak. Let, let God deal with that anger. And then you can speak something nice to your wife. Also, arousal pattern differs between the sexes. It happens quickly with men but face rap rapidly after orgasm. In women, it happens slowly and is maintained for a longer time. So that's why you need to know all these differences so that you can help each other, so that you can have good sexual uh, experience. Generally, men can be aroused by, I said it before, by visual stimulation. You just look at a woman, you're attracted to her. You look at your wife, but women... You need to say good words. You need to touch. You need good atmosphere. Let her know you love her and you will enjoy her. Men desire more frequent and more varied sex. Women value consistency more than they do variety. So you need to understand all these differences between the, 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 the gender differences so that you can know what to do as a man. Whatever it is, put your spouse first and allow love in your relationship love is key and put each other first so and i want to warn that we need to be aware of complacency this is very very common with us as christians beware of complacency you may be enjoying good sex from morning moon and you're still enjoying it without effort or intervention but to stay good and get even better as time passes you have to work on it so however you have to be Careful of complacency. Don't take sex for granted. Avoid routines. Try some changes, timing, position, pace, uh, space, and location. 
you don't have to do it just in the night. Maybe both of you are work, off work and nobody is in the house and you feel like doing it, do it in the morning. There's nothing wrong in it. Do it in the afternoon. Do it anywhere, anywhere. Not just, you know. So vary the location, the timing, position and different things. Another important one is keep loving in, in, in lovemaking. A lot of people call it lovemaking. So that means it is lovemaking. Love means you care, you have compassion, you are committed to one another. That is love. And for that to, if you, if that is kept in relationship, you will enjoy sex. When you put all this together, sexual desire can flourish and grow for years when you keep them together. It will disintegrate if for any reason you start, you know, being complacent, you don't kiss, you don't hug, you don't embrace. For women, sex, affection is sex. You need to show her that you love her. Pay attention to each other. Share, communicate, keep dating each other. What you did to who her to marry you, keep doing it. Don't just think dating is for when we were not married. When you are married, keep dating each other. Occasionally, you don't have to go out to a big restaurant. You can even have a good evening together. You say, okay, this evening, we, we, are we order food, we will eat, or we watch movies together. Keep talking to each other. Keep befriending each other. Keep that going. And sometimes when you are dating each other, switch your phone off. Let it be. This time is for me and my husband or me and my, and my wife. Let that be. Keep love and lovemaking link. Keeping it, this love and lovemaking link is beneficial to your relationship as husband and wife. So keep loving each other. Keep doing that. Another important thing is set boundaries. Setting boundaries or limits may not be re relevant if you put love in your lovemaking. If you love your wife and you put your wife or your spouse first and see sex as a way of expressing that love and oneness in marriage, we may not need to talk about boundaries. But a lot of time, people want, they, they don't, they put themselves first. Is what I want. Limits around sexual freedom can be defined by two things. When it is not loving and when it is harmful. So when it is not loving, when it is harmful, we need to set boundaries. It becomes a problem when that is the problem. Love, as required by God, it says, love your spouse as you love yourself. And the Bible says, love is the key. It's a command from God that you love your wife as, as Jesus loves the church. That is sacrificial love. You're ready to do everything that will make your, your wife happy. And it means you desire the best for your wife. So whatever you practice in marriage must be mutual. It's not, you don't insist, that is what I want, that is how I want it, and you don't have a say about it. When you are in that position and you are standing on the fact that it's what you want, no matter how your wife feels or your husband feels about it, then it becomes a coercion, it becomes intimidation, and it is not love. And when you do that, you are going against the law of God. So, when it is harmful, it is not God. So, there are different sorts of harm, such as anything that has health as hazards is harmful to your partner. 
So anything that you do that will affect the earth of your partner is a sin against God. And God is not going to be happy with that. Also, the use of pornography or sexual fantasies can be harmful because sometimes they could be enslaving. When you fantasize about somebody else, maybe a picture you see is a sin against God. And this could lead to betrayal of marital vows. I remember a, a couple, they had issues and they thought, okay, let's, let's watch uh, some pornography. Maybe it will help us. They did. It helped them according to them. But the wife didn't know that the man kept going back to it. And that became a problem. And that marriage was destroyed. So it is against God to fantasize about another person. And also on that point, don't use sex as a reward or a weapon or an instrument of manipulation. If you do that, it's wrong and it's very dangerous. And what is meant, sex is meant to bring unity between the two, not to divide. When you start using it as an instrument of manipulation, it may cause problems. It may lead to division in marriage. And um, I think um, i just take one more. Deal with problems appropriately. Deal with problems appropriately. This is so, so key. It is important that uh, sexual problems should be handled with care. This is so that we don't destroy the marital relationship. Sex is power and is integral to the arts of the relationship. So when you when we talk about handling, pro, handling problems, I want to talk about handling past problems first. There are part, past problems that have happened before your relationship, maybe as a young girl or as a young man, maybe as an unmarried person, single. There are things you have gone through in life that are issues as it relates to sex. Many could have a past experience that could be very painful or shameful or both. Uh, sexual problems could be sexual abuse, history of promis pro promiscuity because, okay, I'm, I'm not born again. I have so many boyfriends and that is what we do. It's understandable. You've done it. But the thing is that the blood of Jesus has forgiven you once you give yourself to Christ and you have stopped doing it. And you say, God, I'm sorry. Also, times, there are times you have, you're guilty over sexual acts that you have inflicted on others. Maybe you are the perpetrator of, of sexual abuse. You feel guilty now that you're born again. And maybe for one reason or the other, you can't find the person that you offended. So the guilt feeling is there. And you, or you may also feel guilty because you have done things in the past that you think, oh, this is bad. And I'm, I'm a child of God. You're reading about it. One thing that is important, it's difficult to say this is the general rule about what should be done because the pain or the guilt due to complexity of the situation. There's so many things that could have gone wrong. But for both the victim, the perpetrator, or both, it is important that we deal with the guilt feeling or the pain. The issues must be faced. You must face the issue. People say times ills brings healing. A lot of time, times alone do, does not bring healing. Time will not heal sexual art. So if it is buried, it may surface and cause problems in years to come. 
So it may be difficult or even impossible to enjoy sexual intimacy with your husband in marriage if you have experienced rape or sexual abuse or promiscuity or any other of the sexual addictions in the past. So it is important that you deal with it. I will say if it is bad, get arranged to see a counselor. Let them work with you through it and seek the face of God. Let God. And also you need to learn to forgive yourself. You need to learn to forgive the person, the perpetrator. You need to learn to forgive yourself for whatever reason. You need, forgiveness is key. And remember that if God has forgiven you, you have been forgiven. But you need to allow God to deal with that. Don't let the devil say, oh, you, well, you did this, you did that. That is the devil in action. And he will always do that. So it's important that you don't trivialize, uh, tra- make sexual problems. Don't say, it's, it's in the past. Deal with it. And I believe as a Christian, it's possible for healing. Healing is possible. Forgiveness and restoration it's possible for all that to take place. We must allow healing. We must allow forgiveness. We must allow restoration. The good news is that all this healing, cleansing, freedom is possible in Christ. So when you have given yourself to Christ, let God take it over. A lot of times we find it difficult to forgive ourselves. And God is not, the only thing we need to do is to say, God, help me to forgive myself. I think Maybe if we have the time, we may deal with these aspects of forgiveness and all that in the next episode. So if it is your spouse that has problems in this area, it's not you or your spouse. We have to be sympathetic towards them. Encourage them to seek help and give them the necessary support. Don't just say, oh, you have wasted your time. I can't, I can't even imagine you call yourself a Christian. It's important that we support ourselves and help the person go through it. If God has forgiven him, who are you not to forgive him? I believe that God will help us. Uh, my time is, is gone. I need to stop here. So have a wonderful week and keep enjoying God's marvelous love and gift to us as people of God. Have a great week ahead. God bless you. Thank you.